to another episode of Ink Drinkers. I'm Erica. And I'm Natalie. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers. As always, this is not a family-friendly podcast, and there will be spoilers. All right, let's jump right in with a summary of Honey Girl for any listeners who haven't read the book or anyone who might need a refresher. With newly completed, With her newly completed PhD in astronomy in hand, Grace Porter goes on a girl's trip to Vegas to celebrate. She's a straight-A, hard-working, high achiever. She's not the kind of person who goes to Vegas and gets drunkenly married to a woman whose name she doesn't know. Until she does exactly that. This one beautiful, spontaneous moment upends Grace's carefully laid life plans. Staggering under the weight of her parents' expectations, a struggling job market, and feelings of burnout, Grace flees her home in Portland for a summer in New York with the wife she barely knows. In New York, she's able to ignore all the constant questions about her future and falls hard for her creative and gorgeous wife, Yuki Yamamoto. But when reality comes crashing in, Grace must face what she's been running from all along, the fears that make us human and the need for connection, especially when navigating the messiness of adulthood. Alright, so, first impressions of this book, what did you think? My first impression of this book was, one, that it was going to be emotional, which it was. Oh, yes. Very. And then two, um, was the writing. It was so beautifully written from the very get-go. Yes. Um, and... Man, Morgan Rogers did such a good job with this book, and I was so impressed by her writing. The prose in this book are so good. I think it's the prose. I think that's right, right? I believe so. Okay, yeah. The prose are so good in this book. It was just, it was so beautiful, the way she painted a picture. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what I also really loved was um, in the book when Yuki is telling her um stories about like monsters and everything and how she relates the monster stories back to humans mainly women who haven't fit into the box Mm -hmm. that society wants them to yeah and when stuff when events like that happen where people go off course, um, society tends to spin tales about them and turn them into the villain. Mm-hmm. And I just love how Yuki took these stories and really made them relatable and made these monsters um, human again. Yeah. I thought that that was really beautiful, and I feel like that's something that... I don't know. Everyone could kind of learn from mm-hmm. and um, think about. I feel like it's a good like thinking point. Yeah, and I really love how in the book Grace gets, you know, drawn into these stories that Yuki paints. Mm-hmm. But not only does she get sucked into them, but you can feel yourself getting sucked into them as yes. well. You can feel, it's almost like you can hear her voice when they're talking yes. about it. And her use of the dead air, too. I feel mm-hmm. like that's so powerful. Was, yeah, and it was so well done. It's very easy for dead air, especially on the radio, to be like awkward or mm-hmm. for you to lose interest very fast, but I feel like 
you know, the way that she did it with Yuki, um, it was, I feel like it was just done really well, and it was just, I feel like it just made you more involved in it, it just sucked you in even more as to have those, those pauses in that dead space to just kind of sit back and be like, oh, and kind of like realize what she's talking about and take everything in, because these are big subjects that she's talking about, mm-hmm. yes, she's relating them to monsters and, you know, these magical, mythical things, but, but myths always start in some seed of truth. Exactly. And that's and so like important really, to remember. She's really giving you that space to kind of think about it on your own and kind mm-hmm. of come to your own conclusions about it with what she gives you. Yes, dead space can be so powerful because it can be used in so many different mm-hmm. ways. It can be used to, um, you know, allow tension to build and but in Yuki's case the way she uses it is so creative because she allows you to kind of take a moment to fully absorb what she just told you and then kind of like sit on it and like marinate in it and then she continues on Mm -hmm. and that's so like it's too long yes it never feels like she gives you too much time Mm -hmm. she's kind of like a few extra seconds here and there. Yeah. And she kind of moves, moves mm-hmm. it along. She moves it along so smoothly. And I really enjoyed the stories that Morgan um, picked for Yuki to tell. Because I, like you said, I found myself getting wrapped up in them. Mm-hmm. And wanting to learn more about them too. More about um, these legends from different cultures. And um, just, you know, where they originated from. And kind of how they originated. Because... You know, that's something that I think we tend to forget is myths and legends, no matter what they are from any culture, they always start with some seed of truth, you know, and we see common themes among all cultures too, um, like mermaids, sea monsters, Mm -hmm. um, dragons, giants, um, all sorts of, you know, dark creatures and whatnot, and it's it's always interesting for me um, to see people relate them back to humanity because I feel like that's really important to remember Mm -hmm. um, is that all monsters started out like they all came from somewhere somewhere. and you know when we're talking about like human monsters they started out as humans first and I feel like it's really important to um, like touch on uh, villain origin stories mm-hmm. and see how they developed into the quote-unquote finished product Yeah. Um, because everyone comes from somewhere and we're all of us we're all the villain in someone's story but I feel like when you can get down to like the nitty-gritty of it um and pinpoint where, like, the villain started. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's always easy to be like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, exactly. It's easy to relate to them mm-hmm. um, and see, like, what that what their turning point was or where it all went wrong. Yeah. And I feel like that's really important um, for us to do as humans in order to learn and grow and do better. Yeah. We have to be able to relate to the bad parts yeah. of of 
Because us and humanity in general. Sunshine and daisies all exactly. the time. Exactly, and, and that's, that's not supposed to be. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of times we we don't want to think about those things. We don't want to think about the things that we've done wrong, and we kind of just want to like sweep them under the rug and pretend mm-hmm. that they're not there. But they are there, and you do have to face that. And that's okay. It's okay. It's okay that you fucked up. What's not okay is not learning from it. Exactly. Not correcting it, not apologizing for it, not working to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's so important to be able to recognize the bad and, you know, do something with it other than sweeping it under the rug. I feel like that's a common theme in history um, is just, like, sweeping the bad guys under the rug mm-hmm. and acting like they're just monsters in a story. Like, no, that's, it's not how it works. Like, we're all human. We all started from somewhere. And even though it's, a lot of them spin into these mythical monsters of, you know, women who come down from the, from the mountains and eat children and whatnot, like, you, it's, it's important to, I don't know, it's important to remember, um, I don't know. It's just important to remember, like, where you started and where everyone started from, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that we can just learn to, you know, from our mistakes, from past mistakes. I feel like that's super important. If you don't learn from history, then what? however that famous saying goes, famous saying goes, like, if you don't learn, you're doomed to repeat it. Yeah. And, like, we've repeated it enough. Yeah. It's kind of time to learn. It's kind of nice too because, like, that's not even the main point of this entire story, but it mm-hmm. does give you a chance to kind of, like, reflect and be like, oh. Because yeah. that's something that's huge in America. Like, America has always done that. We've always tried to sweep our mistakes under the rug and pretend like they never happened to the point that, like, they don't even teach it in school. And that's mm-hmm. not okay. Like, these things did happen. We, we fucked this up. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to discuss it. And pretending like it didn't happen is isn't okay. Yeah, it, that's where the problem is. Yes, Whereas, absolutely. Like, if America would just be like, yeah, we fucked that up. Sorry about that. Like, so many Own people up to would it. be like, okay, like, that's that's fine. At mm-hmm. least you, uh, at, yeah, exactly, at least you owned up to it. But no, America in general tends to be like, oh, we're, we're, we're the big brother. We're the best country in the world. And it's like, no, we did a lot of things. Like, the, that are there's, terrible. Yeah. Like, there's a reason that people are going around calling white people colonizers right now, okay? It's because that's what we are. That's where we came from. That might not be what you specifically are as a person today, but that's where you came from. And you mm-hmm. need to know that. And you need to recognize yeah. that and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that that was a thing. Like, Absolutely. I know I didn't have anything to do with that. I know I don't believe that but that did happen to you and that is fucking horrible Mm -hmm. and I also think though that it relates back um to this book not just like of America and American history but I think it ties into the LGBTQ plus community as well because for so long uh, members of that community have been made out to be quote-unquote monsters the people that Mm -hmm. society especially in america just wants to sweep under the rug and act Mm -hmm. like they don't exist and forget about them and any of the problems exactly exactly so i feel like that was 
like I feel like that really tied into the book beautifully in more ways than one and yeah. one way you know it addresses like uh America as a whole and also like the world because she talks about um she talks about legends from all different yeah. um cultures so you know it talks about yeah, so I feel like that ties into everything like uh-huh it, yeah exactly and uh, I don't know why I said uh-huh <laughs> like that <laughs> Um, but also to the LGBTQ plus community all over the world, um, yeah. because that's that's what's happened to them yeah. historically for such a long time, and that's yeah. something that um, y- that you know that they've been fighting for is for the it's recognition, the the recognition, the equality, um, yeah, to be to treated be as human beings, yeah. exactly, to be humanized, exactly. Yeah. I feel like that was really so important. Long, people just have treated them like they're just, like, they almost don't even exist. Like, exactly. No, don't they're, talk they're about them. They don't they exist. Like, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. This book was honestly an emotional roller coaster it really in more was. ways than one because mm-hmm. not only that but then you have just grace alone and oh her my gosh. character development her mm-hmm. trauma um she goes through burnout. so much yes yes as as somebody that suffered burnout like i heavily related to that and mm-hmm. i have so much respect for everything that she went through and i feel like i really relate i was really related to it any time that she was like I'm just so tired yes oh my gosh that was like almost her mantra throughout the book was I'm so tired and that just oh it hit home for me it broke my heart for her yeah um and it just made me like so frustrated at the other characters in the book for putting the pressure on her that they did Mm -hmm. even though they were were well-meaning and even though they love her I just it yeah you you know that they could tell yeah you know that they could see it and it was just like for me I just wanted to scream at them back off yeah like stop you because like she puts so much pressure her, on like, herself breaks, stuff like that. yes Sometimes. but then they like, like kind of like smacked her for it at the same time and it's like which yeah. you, which one is it but not only that but like when you're when you're under that much pressure from yourself your parents your school your mentor your, exactly somebody being like oh just take a break just puts more pressure on you because you don't feel like you can you don't yeah, feel like absolutely. that's valid you don't feel like that's you don't feel like that's even a possibility for you like mm-hmm. you're like yeah i would but like there's so many other things like i can't miss this and i can't do that and mm-hmm. all these things and you're making all these excuses for why you can't take a break so even though like even if you register that that's what you need and that you know your friends mm-hmm. are right or whatever it still just adds pressure because you're yeah. not even in a state to accept that for yourself or to realize that that's even something that you are allowed to do yeah and that's something that we saw um grace struggle with here was 
you know, her thinking, you know, maybe it would be a good idea if I took a break. I think that I do need to take a break, right? And she voiced that multiple times, but then she also struggled internally with, you know, her plan, her plan, her plan. She needed to yeah. stick with it, and she, you know, wasn't going to be able to accomplish X, Y, and Z if she did take a break. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's okay to pause. Yeah in certain aspects of your life but that doesn't mean that your life just stops altogether yeah. you know there's so much more to life than just like drilling yourself into the ground with your schoolwork and then your career like it is okay yeah. to put a pause on all of that and go and live a little more carefree and go to vegas to celebrate or go to New York or go visit your mom in Florida. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean that like it doesn't mean that it doesn't you won't have opportunity when you come back. Exactly. Yes, the world will keep moving while you're gone, while you're taking this break, but it doesn't mean that that takes all of your opportunity away from you. Exactly. And I feel like that's something that Grace um it was a lesson that she needed to learn. Yeah. She needed to realize that, you know, it it was okay to reevaluate what she wanted and what she wanted and needed to do. Yeah. And that, that wasn't the end of the world. And it didn't mean that, like, you weren't living. You know, I feel like yeah. she thought she thought and was taught by her dad that living was all about work, 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 work. Yeah. What are you doing next? What are you doing next? Where are you going to go? Who, you know, who, all of this yeah, stuff. And it's like, step? what is, what is the plan? It's still considered living. If you go and you take a break and you enjoy the f orange groves in Florida with your, yeah. with your mom, it's still living. If you go monster hunting in New York with the wife you drunkenly married, like yeah. that's, it, it's still living. Yeah, exactly. I feel like this needs to be said to every person who has ever heard the words the world doesn't stop because of you or the world doesn't revolve around you or anything similar to that because yes if you take if you take that break the world will keep going mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you can't afford to take that break yeah like absolutely. if that's what you need then you can't afford to not take that break. And you owe it to yourself. Exactly. To, to, to take that break and to allow the world to keep on going mm -hmm. while you enjoy yourself. Yeah, because that's okay too. It's okay to let go. It's okay to let the world move on without you and then come back to whatever it is that you're doing and be like, okay, now I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that... that you know, you won't have opportunity or that you have to now find something else to do or anything like that. Like, you can still make things work even if you take a break. Mm -hmm. And something that I really hate is how skewed um, our culture as Americans has become when it, uh, when it comes to, like, working and living and what strength and weakness is. Mm -hmm. People think that when you... Not everyone, but a lot of people um, tend to think that, like, 
needing a break or needing help is a weakness mm -hmm. and it's so much the opposite of that there is so much strength in saying i'm close to burning out and i need this i'm time. prioritizing myself my mental health is more important than that i am more than just my degree i am more than just my career mm -hmm. i am more than just whatever it is and i deserve to take a break, to take care of myself so that I don't burn out. There's so much strength in recognizing that and showing yourself that compassion. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like at the end of the day, like if you're not taking care of your mental health, even if your mental health is bad, mm -hmm. if you're not taking steps to take care of it, everything else in your life will inevitably fall apart. Yes, absolutely. Because you will burn out, you will self-sabotage yourself mm -hmm. something will happen i think that's the main thing mm -hmm. like everything else can be going perfectly but if your mental health is crap you're gonna wind up self-sabotaging everything mm -hmm. right you're gonna start self-doubting the intrusive thoughts are gonna creep in or they're gonna get worse or they're gonna overtake you know your relationships are gonna crumble because you're going to be riddled with anxiety over like, oh my God, that encounter was awkward. Or did I say the wrong thing? They looked at me weird. Did I accidentally offend them? Oh my gosh, my partner did something out of the norm today. Did I do something to cause that? Whatever, whatever exactly. it is, all those little thoughts, the anxiety, all of that's going to build up and you're just going to wind up self-sabotaging yourself on everything mm -hmm. and that's that's it's hard to stop that but it's I feel like probably even harder to come back from that yeah it's hard to stop that even when you are taking care of your mental mm -hmm. health I think the only difference is when you are trying to take care of your mental health you are more aware that that's what you're doing yes and so you're able to be like you still do it but then you're able to look back and be like oh that was self-sabotage and then if you know that then you can explain that to, you know, your significant other. Be like, oh, I'm so sorry that, you know, mm -hmm. you did something weird and I panicked and overreacted about yeah. it or whatever it was that happened. It's yeah, easier absolutely. to just being able to recognize stuff like that. But if you're not if you're not actively trying to better your mental health, even if you're not, like, going to therapy or anything like that, if, even if you're just, like, having open conversations about it or recognizing that, the, that it's an issue, whatever it is, as long as you're taking steps to help yourself, mm -hmm. I feel like it will be better. But if you're not doing that, if you're not doing that and you can't recognize those things, everything else is going to fall apart eventually anyways. It might be tomorrow. It might be a few years from now. It might be, like, when you're 50, but it will happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Grace, I hate to say that, like, oh, Grace got super lucky because this book is obviously her having, like, a terrible time at life. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I feel like she is really lucky that she went 11 years and was able to get her PhD before she burnt Absolutely. out. Absolutely. And I also feel like she was really lucky that her burnout didn't take away her love of astronomy. Yes. Because a lot of times when you burn out, you you don't go back to that. You don't go back to college. You don't. You, you can't do, even you think about back. it. Yeah, if you do go back, you don't go back to what you were going for. You know, you're just, like, completely done with it. And even sometimes just the thought of it, like... 
brings you so much stress mm-hmm. that it's like almost a full-on panic attack so I think that she got really lucky in the fact that like she was still able to have that love and respect for Ashani and she mm-hmm. didn't just absolutely waste 11 years yeah. of all of that money getting her a PhD I think that yeah. was honestly like a saving grace for her yeah because yes she was having this like crisis or whatever but at least she knew that she still wanted to be in astronomy i feel like things mm. would have gone a lot worse for her had she, she was wa- like i don't want to wound up like doubting that. yeah for sure and as much as i wanted to like yell at her friends to, like back off of her i think she was also i was, don't get me wrong i love her friends her friends yes. are really really great she has a good support system. Um, she's very fortunate to have a good support system. Uh-huh. Um, even though they did frustrate me, I will say that I think she was also lucky that she had, um, she had them to you know back her up and be like, "Yes, you you do need a break. It is okay to take a break. Go to New York. You know, do you know all yeah. this?" And um, that's just it was really nice to like. Even though they're dysfunctional, it's still good to see it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I sometimes I feel like the best friends are the dysfunctional ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and nothing's going to be perfect, you know? It was just, for me, frustrating that it was like they could see her struggling so much. And they were like, go and take your break. Like, we'll be here. But then, uh, you know, some of them, especially Raj wound up putting like a lot of pressure on her and was like and I felt bad for him because like I understood what he was going through but he just he disappointed me too he disappointed me because he was projecting what he was feeling onto her yes making her feel like shit for what and she was was already like confused about whether what she was doing was right or wrong yeah exactly and he made her feel like she was doing something bad when she wasn't and yeah that I didn't I do like that. I appreciate that he like at least immediately apologized. Yes, absolutely. What he did was wrong and everything else. Like, yeah. I and feel I feel like, that like that's was at least nice, but then it still put that extra bit of doubt in her mm-hmm. head that she absolutely didn't need. However, I will say I was very proud of her for throwing her dream on him because he yes. absolutely deserved that, and I am very proud of him for realizing that he deserved that and being like, yeah, that's fair. Like, I really liked. Excuse me. That whole scene, kind of, because I feel like it really kind of embodied friendship in, like, a full circle, Mm -hmm. right? Because, like, he showed up randomly to, like, check on her and to, you know, make sure everything was okay. Check one. Friendship. Yes. You know? (laughs) She took him out for drinks because she could see that he was stressed and needed to talk. Check two. Friendship. (laughs) You know? And they drank too much and... Drink too much. Check three. Check three. <laughs> oh, and and she, you know, was supportive and there for him. Mm-hmm. Again, check. He vented and projected a little bit and said some things that he shouldn't have said, but he obviously needed to get off of his chest, even if he didn't word them the right way. Again, yeah. another check. They had a aggressive moment where she threw her drink on him. Another check for friendship. Yep. And then they got right back over it. Yep. 
check again for yeah. a friendship. And they talked it through. Not only a close friendship too, yes. because the closest friendships are the friendships that act like siblings, and you can't tell me that's not yes. how siblings act. Oh, absolutely. How many times have we been, like, damn near fist fighting, and then, like, 20 minutes later, we're like, so do you want to go get food? Or, yeah. Like, and we're, like, cracking up laughing at yeah. each other, and it's just, full like, circle. Just, discussing it, just, like, pretending it didn't even happen. Just being yeah. like, yeah, yeah, so, uh... We, we good, right? Like, yeah, yes, okay, but so. I like that they did talk about it, and they mm-hmm. talked through it, and it was and it was good. And I just felt, I was like, that. I just thought that that was a really good example of just, like, what... What a good, healthy friendship is. Yeah, and, like, a relationship really of any kind, Yeah, you know? Um, so I really liked that. Because it's super important to be able to... Number one, have somebody to vent to, mm-hmm. have somebody to check on you, mm-hmm. but also have somebody where you can say things that you don't necessarily mean, and they are able to recognize that that's mm-hmm. not what you meant. Or say them in the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. And they're able to recognize that and be like, Listen. I see where you're coming from, but that's not okay. Yeah. We're going to dial did. it back. Yeah. yeah we're yeah. going to self-reflect because I understand, but also no. It's, yeah, it's good. And I feel like it's important to have someone that you can argue with in a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. Right? There's arguing in a healthy way and there's arguing in unhealthy ways. And I feel like and a lot of really people don't know the different. Every relationship. Because yes. It's different you have everybody. to learn that. And I feel like a lot yeah. of people don't know that. And when they think of arguing or disagreeing, they automatically go to, like, the negative and toxic side. And it's like, no, you can argue, you can have a disagreement and still be loving and considerate and um, just do it in a healthy way where you're just disagreeing in a respectful way. Exactly. And respecting boundaries. Yes. And that and like that's a good thing to do. That, like, you can have a disagreement and not raise your voice at each other. Like sometimes people are like, "Oh, arguing is like always yelling." No, yeah, you don't have you don't you don't have, have to. to. That person. But I think that's really hard sometimes. I know, like no, for me, um, it's really hard because, um, you know, growing up there was a good bit of yelling in our household and anytime mm-hmm. there was a disagreement in our household there were raised voices. Yeah. Um and Which so is that's totally fine. Like that's normal and healthy too. It just doesn't necessarily have to go there every single time. Yeah. And I f- yeah, it's just yeah, no, you're abs- you're absolutely right. I feel like the raising voices is like that extra level that like you don't I feel like it kind of is, like, the gateway into, like, the toxicity of bad arguing. Yeah. But it's such a hard it's, habit to break. Yeah. And, it, and especially, it feels so normal, especially when you're trying to be heard and you feel like the other mm-hmm. person's not hearing you. It's yes. natural to be like, you're not hearing me, so I'm going to say it louder. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not always necessarily useful or what needs to happen but like I said that doesn't mean that it's not healthy like you can raise your voice at people and still have a healthy argument but also like you also don't have to do that every time either Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I like that I like that they had that whole argument like in a bar Mm -hmm. and never raised their voices at each other and nobody ever was like um yeah you know and 
they didn't really get any, they didn't really garner any attention until she threw her drink on him. Yeah, and even then, like, people looked, but, like, they saw that they were fine, so they were like, okay, so I guess that was a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a total, like, New York thing, I feel like, or any, like, heavily populated area. Like, you can't imagine how many times you see somebody get a drink thrown on them in a bar in New York. Probably all the time. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure people were just like, is that something that we need to step in on? And then they saw them laughing, and they were like, all right. So that happened. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Another thing about this book um, was Grace's relationship with her dad, the colonel. That was hard. That was really difficult. First of all, it's very, str- like, it super told me strange. everything I needed to know about their relationship that she called him colonel yeah. and not... Dad. dad or even just like his name i feel like it would have been less weird if she just called him his name yeah or just called and him porter like he called her like uh, that would have been less weird but the, for yeah the fact to that address he, him as his rank at all times sounds very stressful and then for him to turn around and address her by his last name yeah like, it's her last name, yes, but it was his last name first. Yeah. And I feel like... Loki, I feel like it was a reminder of who she belonged to. Yeah. Which is him. Yeah. And, like, yeah. sick of that shit. Yeah. Hate to see it. Hate to it see was, it. It was... Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think that it was, um... Good. Like... It fit into the story. Um, like, I'm not speaking badly about the book. Yeah, no. In any means. No, it was definitely um, for the book. But just, but just like, like, oh, I hate that. Yeah. Like, she, like, her name is Grace. Yeah. And she is a whole-ass human being yeah. who is not your property, Colonel. Yeah. And she has a right to do what she wants with her life. And the time frame that suits her. And, like, it's not for you to approve of everything. I can't even imagine being called only by your last name. Like, I know people do that all the time. Like, yeah, people, like, that's a total thing. Especially people that are, like, in sports and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's totally normal. But I feel like that's normal because, like, they they choose that for themselves, like, 98% mm-hmm. of the time. She didn't choose for everybody exactly. to call her porter. That's just what her dad has always called her. I can't even tell you how qu- how quickly I would not answer. Oh, yeah. If somebody called me by, by my last name. Nope. The, the, the speed in which I would walk away from you. Yeah. It would be, be like, one no. thing to call your teammate by their last name, right? Exactly. Especially because... Like, in that setting, absolutely. I'll, I'll sit there and turn yeah. around. But in day-to-day in a, life, if my friend was like, hey, Neville, I'd be like, the, the first of all, what the fuck did you just say to me? Sagamol, don't speak to me like that. Not even that, but, like, for your own parent to not address you by your first name, but to address you by the name that you share. Basically, to take your individuality away. Yeah. You're not Grace, you're Porter. Yeah, exactly. And you're Porter because I'm Porter, and I gave you that name, and I brought you into the world. Tell me you're a narcissist without telling me. Yeah, exactly. That really just, oh, rubbed me the wrong way. I really, I really, really struggled with her dad 
I don't know. I guess it was just so normal for her, but, like, I hated that her friends did that, too. Mm, yeah. Which I guess, like, because it... Which I guess is on her, because it was so normal for her that she told them yeah. to tell her that. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't... I've never... Even people that do answer, like, mostly by their last name, I've never called them by their last name. I've mm-hmm. always called people by their first name. Yeah. Because that's your name. Yeah. Like, that is who you are. You are not your last name. You are your first name. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. It's yeah. weird. It was really weird to me. And I just hated... I just hated the amount of pressure that he put on her instead of, like communicating with her and showing her compassion and love it was so much tough love all the time yeah which is good sometimes but you can't good sometimes but like she almost burned out basically because of him yeah and i did like his character development i did like when they finally had you know their their talk and he told her why he was always like that and everything else i did appreciate that but at the same time like it doesn't necessarily take away what you did like exactly you still you came hurt from her a, a good, lot yeah you came from a good place mm-hmm. but you still hurt her like you have to realize that you could have gone about that differently which grant like yeah. granted it's too late now so i mean there's nothing you can do about it but i feel like that should have at least been discussed like hey mm-hmm. you should have done this differently and i wanted him i wanted him to see that he not only could have, but number one, should have done it differently. Yeah. And I wanted him to recognize that he should have instead mm, of just recognizing yes. that what he did caused issues. Ex- yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like I, I wanted, wanted more, more accountability. Yeah, I yeah. wanted more accountability from him. I appreciated I appreciate the growth. His, yeah, I appreciated his development, but I wanted more accountability from him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on the same page. And from his wife, too, for allowing that. Because she helped in, like, what way she could... And I know that she was, like, talking to him in the background Mm -hmm. and being like, you can't do these things, you know, blah, blah, blah. But she still had some accountability in that as well. And I wanted her, I wanted that accountability for her as well. Um, I feel like, I don't know, she was kind of a weird character because I feel like towards the end of the book, it was just kind of almost like she wasn't really there. Yeah. Like... She was so much, like, she was the only, like, relief that Grace had when mm-hmm. she was around her dad. And then by the end of the book, like, they didn't even talk about her, really. Um, which was strange to me. I wish I wish that she had, I wish that Grace had been able to have a conversation with just her as yes, well. Yes, I agree. Um, I feel like that was kind of a missed opportunity, but that's fine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I agree with you. I feel like it... I don't know... I don't know how to say what I want to say. I feel like it kind of speaks to step-parents and, like, their roles, either intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah. Um, How they kind of sometimes fade to the back yeah um especially when the children become adults yeah maybe 
Um, because I don't know. Because parents in general fade to the back when their kids become adults. As they should. Yeah. So I feel like a step parent fades even further mm-hmm. to the back. And that's maybe um, like a how do you deal with that type of situation? Yeah. Yeah. Missed opportunity, but I at the same time I I, I understood. Yeah. Yeah. I did as well. On a lighter note, I really love Yuki's friends. Oh my gosh, yes. They were so, so fantastic. They were. I would love to see all of the friends get together. Grace's yes, friends. Because I think they would all yes, be such they a would dysfunctional be, loving friend group. Yes, I absolutely. Think they would very well. I, that, I yeah. That would be so much I fun. How welcoming they were of Grace. I love that yes. Grace showed up and they were just like, Yeah, cool. And I like that Yuki made them all like sit out and like wait for her and then they were all doing like weird shit when she walked yes. in. They're like, All right, cool, we met you, bye and then like the one dude that's like a doctor or whatever was like, Go on to bed, peace. Like <laughs> he was like, just don't be fucking loud. <laughs> like whatever. I really appreciate that. I appreciate that they all were there to, like, greet her, and then they were like, and Um, we're done here. Yeah. (laughs) Which is such, like, it was such, like, a good friend thing to do, but it was also, like, such, you can totally tell that they're all guys. They were like, hey, how's it going? All right, we're gonna, we did our part, we're gonna leave. (laughs) Yeah. I really appreciate that. Um, I really appreciate the part where, um, what is his name? The one that was doing her hair. Why do I forget it? Um. Hold on, I'm looking. Looking, looking, looking. Dorian? Yes. Was it Dorian that did her hair? Yeah, I think it was. I loved yes. that moment for them. I also hated that moment. I loved that moment because it was like a cute bonding moment, and I loved how he was talking to her about like protective styles and how she needs to like she needs to do those and be committed to them. She was like, I am. I have a silk pillowcase and like all this other stuff. But yes. then I also loved that like he got called into work. This is the part that I hate. So he got called into work, and he was like, mm-hmm. Can you finish your hair? And she was like, Yeah. And then she immediately like goes into Yuki's room and like starts doing other shit. I'm like, But did she finish her hair? Though? Yeah. Like, what I- about your hair? I need to know the yeah, situation. Because there was no like time gap. It was just like yeah. he left and she went into Yuki's room and it never talks about her hair again. And I'm like, Okay, but did she finish it? Like, you just got did this. Did she like- wait for him to come back? Did she finish it herself? Did she just leave it how it was? Like yes. just like half done and was just like, I guess this is cool. Like, I need, I need to know what happened with the hair. Yes, that's funny. How and I don't know why that bothered me so much, because it was such, <laughs> like, a minor thing. Like, it was a minor moment, even though it was, like, cute and everything. It was, like, a, a very minor moment. But for some reason, that just, like, stuck in my brain, and I, like, hyper-fixated on it. And I was like, but what about the hair? What happened? Yeah. I, I still want. I still need to know. <laughs> what happened to the hair? I need to know what you did. Listen, oh, no. I need to email Morgan Rogers' assistant or whoever and be like, but what happened with the hair? <laughs> so, <laughs> so many questions. They would be like, why do you care? And I'd be like, I don't know. I, I don't but know, but I do. I need to know about her hair. Is she committed to the protective styles or oh, not? Yeah. Listen, you can't be committed to protective styles by just owning a silk pillowcase, okay? You gotta put in more effort. <laughs> you gotta know your hair, dude. Oh my gosh. 
Also, can we talk about how Morgan Rogers looks like the type of person you want to be best friends with? She's so fucking cute. Oh my god, I love her. I love just like... Her picture on the back of the book is just absolute perfection. It is. I love how it almost looks like she's, like, giddy and, like... Yeah. It's like... Like, it's almost like she feels really awkward, and she's like, ah, this is, like, this is exciting, I take this picture, here it is. Yes, she <laughs> just, cute. oh my gosh, I want to be her best friend. She looks so sweet. And yeah, she does. I also really love the cover of this book. Oh it's my gosh, beautiful. yes. Beautifully um, the, done. The girl on here, I'm assuming, is probably Grace. Um, beautifully done. I like that she has this little, like, mole freckle thing going on on mm-hmm. her chin, which... It never says in the book that she has, but I pictured her with it the entire time. Mm-hmm. I Just love because this girl on this cover is so beautiful. She is. I love the dark lipstick. Mm-hmm. I love the flowers in her hair yes. and the gold. You know how, uh, how she's she's honey girl and her yeah. hair is golden like honey. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's just perfect. I also really loved. This is how I knew this was going to be a good book, and this is how I knew I was going to really like Morgan Rogers' writing. Yeah. Is the very first sentence of chapter one, Grace wakes up slow like molasses. And then, um... It's so good because, like, it's not something that you would think of to say, like, on a regular day. It's just so nice. You wouldn't be like, I woke up slow like molasses today. But it's just so... It's so just elegant and graceful and just kind of, like, flows. And it really provides you with, like... Um, such a good visual. Yeah, such a good visual. With, such a good visual. And then you know information. Like, you don't yes. know Grace. You don't know what she looks like. You don't know where she's at. There's no setting. Mm-hmm. But you just picture somebody opening their eyes slowly and kind of, like, realizing that they're awake and just kind of being like, oh... Mm-hmm. And then the world is here. <laughs> yes, and then down just a couple more sentences, it says her alarm buzzes as the champagne bubble dream pops. I just know. like I love that so oh, much. Morgan Rogers, you're perfect. Like this, oh, it was so like those two sentences. I just like I was like I am in love with this book already. Mm-hmm. Like I just I and love it, and I'm like ready to cry throughout. over like, it. Those descriptions yes. and just that elegance. It was beautifully it was, yeah. written. I absolutely loved it. I loved that it was like heavy but not too heavy, and it was really light in some moments. And we got like all these great dysfunctional characters and friend groups, and um, you know mental health was so addressed um in a way that I feel like everyone could relate to in some way or another yeah um it was just it's it's just a fantastic book honestly like man before we started this book um one of the reasons we chose it is because we kept seeing such great reviews on it and And it's just, definitely not overhyped. It deserves no. every bit of hype that it has gotten and more. Ab- absolutely. All those positive reviews were a hundred percent on point and it just like ah, oh, it's so good. And it really <laughs> is. And you know, I started this book and I didn't know anything about it. I didn't read the back of it, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I just like full-on jumped into it totally Same. blind, and I, I'm really glad that I did, actually. Yes. Because um, I don't feel like it's even necessary to read the back. I don't feel like 
No. I mean, yeah. like, you absolutely can, but, on like, just yeah. jump straight into it. I read a couple reviews, I mean, obviously, um, that talked about how it made them cry. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that I didn't know how it made them cry. And I like how... I wasn't sure how the book was going to make me feel. Yeah. Um, but I definitely cried. I didn't cry, <laughs> but there was definitely a few times where I had to take an emotional break and put it so, down. Yeah, and come I had to. Yeah. later because it was I had getting, to as well. It was getting heavy, and I was like... Mm-hmm. But in the best way possible, just because it was so relatable. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's so important. And also, so beautiful when you can relate to a story and characters so much that you just need to walk away for a little bit to kind of catch your breath. Yeah, it just really shows how well written it is that, Mm -hmm. you know, it can provoke those emotions just through words on a piece of paper. Yes, Morgan Um, is incredibly talented, and I cannot, I can't wait to see what else she does, because this, man... If anyone ever needs, like, a book recommendation, this is probably going to be, like, my go-to. Oh, yeah. Just because of how well-written it is, um, because it addresses mental health, which I feel like needs to be talked about more. Yes. And also, you know, it's it's um, a book with a ton of representation. Mm-hmm. Um it's a book that's inclusive to the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. Um, and I feel like everyone needs more exposure to that and mm-hmm. needs to read books with that um, just inclusive. What's the word I'm looking for? Inclusivity. Yeah, that's the one. Thanks. <laughs> I like got halfway through it and I was like, wait, I don't know if I'm going to say it right. I'm going to back <laughs> out. <laughs> I have a bad habit of doing that. Um, Yeah. Anyways. I agree. Um, Also, I know we need to wrap this up, but can we touch on this? Because I feel like we need to. Yeah, definitely. So, there was a part in the book when... It was kind of when Grace first got to New York. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's talking to Yuki's friends, and she's talking to... How do you say... I I say Sani. How do you say it? Sani? I think it's Sani, but I don't know. Okay. Um, So, she was talking to Sani... And he said that he grew up on the reservation. She was like, oh, mm-hmm. you grew up on the reservation? And he was like, yeah, are you going to ask me what that was like, too? And she said, I'm not all the way white. Give me some points for sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't realize that that was an insensitive thing to ask. Mm-hmm. Like, I immediately like on a reservation? I immediately felt, like, guilt. Yeah. Because I was like, I oh, guilt that's a question I, I would have asked. Yeah, I felt called <laughs> out too, and I was like, oh my god, is that insensitive? Because I didn't realize, like, I mean, because I guess, we're like, both very just curious people, and we want yeah. to because know and like be knowledgeable. Of, like, education, yes, yes absolutely. Th- it's not something that they teach in, in school. school, at least not in schools that we went to. They mm-hmm. don't tell you like. What happens on reservations, what reservations are like, what their school is like, how their like, communities, how they do mm-hmm. literally anything. Like, like how I said earlier. Anything about Native American culture, culture in general, mm-hmm. they don't tell. Yes. Nobody tells you about it. Like You're I was talking about. about Nobody knows anything. So, you know, it, that's definitely a question that I would ask because I'm genuinely curious. Like. What do you learn about in school? What kind of, like, you know? Like, yeah. 
what is your community like? What are things that like you do? How does your also and just like mundane questions too, like how you get mail? Because mm-hmm. like I know like because only certain reservations are like incredibly very, secluded. Yeah, incredibly secluded, very separate from you know, you're not allowed to go on there unless you have permission, blah, blah, blah. And also, like, they're completely separate from our government. And yeah. our mail is ran through the government. So, like, do you get mail? How do you get mail? Do you just have mm-hmm. mail, like, between yourselves? Is it, like, just, like, mundane questions like that? Like, how Yeah, that do you work? have, do you have to, like, go, like, outside? Yeah. No, I completely agree. Is just mail like even necessary for you? Because, like... Amazon isn't like federal so like if you're right. ordering shit online that can come like straight to you I guess but like so so do you even need me outside of that like yeah would you even be getting anything I don't know I have all these yeah there's all these because, questions like, I just genuinely want to know Absol- and it never really occurred to me that that could be incredibly offensive to somebody mm-hmm. and um, I like I understand it really got me to thinking, like, I understand, um, like, where I come from and where you come from, because, like I said, we're both incredibly curious people, and we want to know, you know, from a place of knowledge. We want to be knowledgeable, um, but it got me to thinking just how, um, just how wrong, um, America has done Native Americans. You know, we basically just threw them onto some land and was like here you go make it work yeah fuck off don't bother us type of situation yeah no yeah oh absolutely mass genocide and then it was like like we're gonna take all of yeah exactly we're gonna take most of your land here's a little bit of piece of it make it work um and so it just got me to thinking about how um What am I? Hold on, I have to like reorganize my thoughts. How like it's not um, how it's our job to educate ourselves on it, and it's not their job to educate us, and how it's really kind of I think maybe unfair in like that type of one-on-one situation for like someone to basically be like, hey, rehash how fucked. Yeah, which I how, totally understand. Like how how fucked over you you were in yeah. in the, all your your tribe and your culture was, yeah. you know, growing up on the reservation. Because like from what I have, like the little that I've seen and from what I've gathered, like it's not fucking great, bud. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of like it's it's rough. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it kind of puts both sides like in a situation because like for people like us that genuinely just want to learn we only want to get our information from a reliable source exactly and i that's not something that you can just like trust google with especially yeah, absolutely. when you don't know exactly what you're looking for and what's going to be right and what's going to be wrong and you don't want to go out there with wrong information and be like oh yeah i have all these facts and they're like totally wrong and then yeah. you say something to like an actual an actual native and they're like no the the, yeah no you're all the way wrong yeah, and they're like you're just as uneducated as anybody else you're just like pretending that you're not and like yeah. i want to be one of those people so absolutely I feel, like, I feel like it really puts you in a situation because like yes it's not their job to educate us but then at the same time like 
where do we get our education from? Yeah. 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 And then again, like, it's really unfair to be like, rehash your trauma and how much you've been fucked over with me just because I am asking you. Yeah. And just because I want to, like, want to be better, like, and not only that, but like, when somebody asks, like, oh, what is that like? There's no way to tell, like, if they're being genuine or if they're not. Because it's not, like, social, socially acceptable to give, like, the dark answer. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, what do you, like, what are you supposed to say to that? Exactly. Oh, you know, it was it's rough, but we made it work. Nah, man, it's fucking rough. You did us dirty. <laughs> like, y'all are out here fucking getting Actually, school off for Christopher been. Columbus while yeah. we're over here. Like, what the fuck? Do you not know he was a terrible human being? Like, yeah. you all get together on Thanksgiving and dress up and eat a bunch of food and get drunk. Like, we're not like, it's not like a day of mourning for us. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. I yeah, I feel like it's a hard situation. Like, you celebrate you celebrate uh, America's independence from Britain as if you didn't call us f- savages in the same sentence. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I do like that they had that, like, little piece in there. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's it's a part of American history. It's something that needs to be talked about. It's something that needs to be recognized. Yeah. And I like for myself that I was able to have that realization. Like, oh, oh that's shit. Sensitive yeah, absolutely. I've never... Love that. I've never asked somebody that question. Mm-hmm. Thank God. And now I won't. Yeah. Because now I realize. But it was just, it was kind of just like a wake up call for me to be like, oh shit. And I love that. that. I love, yeah, I love to have that to like have something out of the blue be like, oh. And it's nice Mm. that it was something so simple too. Like they didn't dwell on it. They didn't talk about it. Yeah. It wasn't like a big thing. Those two sentences. Are you going to ask me what that was like? No, I'm more sensitive than that. And that was it. And it was those, it was two sentences and that was enough for me to be like, oh shit. Okay. Uh, all right, then. <laughs> Have some learning to do. Gonna take that, store it up here, and lock that in. That right <laughs> for sure. Don't make that mistake. Check. Thank you for that bit of information. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, that was definitely a good uh, good point to touch on. Something that need, needed to be talked about. For sure. Um, Other than that... I think that about wraps up this episode. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to add? I don't think so. I think that was everything. Um, I think my final thought is basically go and read the book. because run, buy it wherever you can. Yes. Noble, Target, wherever you get your books, it doesn't matter. Pick it up. It's such a good book, and Morgan Rogers is fantastic, and I cannot wait to see um, what other books come from her. Because mm-hmm. this is her first book, and I just don't feel like there's any way that she doesn't just go up from here. Yeah, absolutely. All right. As always, thank you guys so much for listening to and supporting us. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitch. You'll find the links to our social media as well as links to all listening platforms. You can find us on at msha dot ke forward slash ink drinkers thanks again for listening and we'll be back in two weeks for our next episode